Hello! Welcome back to another story about the Peters family. We hope you all had a great Thanksgiving spent with those you love. The name of this week's story is The Peters' Prayers, Part 1. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. In this week's story, there are a couple of Christmas carols mentioned, but those are not the hymns. However, there are two hymns mentioned, so we will plan to have two winners this week, the Lord willing. Two weeks ago, in the story that Peters' hospitality at Thanksgiving, the name of the hymn was the doxology, and Weston from Pleasant Hill, California was our winner. Good job, Weston! It's time now for this week's story, The Peters' Prayers, Part 1. Pearson and Penelope sat a little too close to the radio early Monday morning. It was the first day of Christmas break, and the radio station that was playing Christmas music for 24 hours a day until Christmas was also running a contest. All they had to do was be the first caller, after hearing the hymn, Wonderful Merciful Savior, to call into the station between the hours of 7 and 8 a.m., and they would win a vacation for six to Bronzyland, all expenses paid. The contest was the entire Christmas season, and 25 winners would be announced one every day. So it goes without saying that Pearson and Penelope were individually praying that they would be the winners. They envisioned a vacation with Daddy and Mama Peters, along with their toddler twin sisters Patience and Priscilla, at the sweetest place on earth together, and at a hotel for three days as the perfect vacation. But so far, though they had listened daily and called as soon as they heard the song, they had not yet won. It was day ten, and so that morning, as they listened to O Holy Night, they felt a ray of hope that this might just be the morning they would win. Daddy Peters half listened from the bathroom where he was adjusting his tie and combing his hair for work. He loved the annual contest and took great pains to explain to his oldest son and daughter that their chances of winning were slim to none, feeling it was his duty as their dad to prepare them for certain disappointment. And though his energies were unflagging, he knew that no matter how much he tried, they just might be disappointed anyway if they didn't win. And so recently, he had begun instead to remind himself that God is our refuge and strength. He had learned Psalm 46.1 as a kid, and that he would be there for his kids when they most assuredly would experience sadness from not winning. Daddy Peter simply remembered that as much as he wanted to, he could not shield and perhaps should not shield his children from the disappointment that might come. All things, Daddy Peters knew, comes directly from the hand of God. God perfectly plans man's way, ordaining all of his days, including all things big and small, which would also include lessons learned along the way, providing comfort, endurance, and strength for every high and low, growing each of his children in ways that only God could accomplish. So as Daddy Peters listened from the bathroom, he remembered the verse, In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children will have refuge, from Proverbs 14.26. Hey, Pierce, Daddy Peters called out from the bathroom. You have the phone ready to dial? I'll bet the song comes on next. I sure do, Daddy Peters. It's ready to go. I even have the number dialed, and all I have to do is hit the talk button. I have a feeling the next song will be the one, too. Pearson couldn't hide his excitement. 
Oh, I hope you're right, Daddy Peters. I, I hope you're right. Uh, this is so exciting, Penelope blurted out in her usual speedy way of speaking. I have been begging God to let us win. I can see it now. You, me, Daddy Peters, waving to Mama Peters and the twins from the top of the loop of, of amazing of the amazing coasters. I love that ride. And and since Mama Peters doesn't doesn't really lo- love love fast rides. Penelope was talking so fast she began stumbling over her words. She'll be waving at us with the girls below who will probably ride the merry-go-round when they're waiting for us. Now, Penelope, remember that... Daddy Peters began peering around the corner of the bathroom, but then he stopped himself. He reminded himself that God does everything well and that he should be an encouragement. So he quickly changed course, and rather than admonish, he encouraged Penelope. That would be a fun time, Pen, and if God wills, We can do that very thing. Oh, Daddy Peters, it would be spectacular! Penelope practically shouted. Okay, Oh Holy Night is almost over, Pearson announced, turning up the radio a bit louder. The sound of it brought Patience and Priscilla into the room. They danced around in their jammies, listening to the radio, enjoying the company of their siblings. But just as they really began to rev it up, the song Wonderful Merciful Savior came on. Pearson needed only to hear the first note of the song and he pressed talk on the phone. It's ringing! It's ringing! Pearson shouted excitedly. Every other day, they had only gotten a busy signal. Penelope jumped up on Mama Peters' Queen Anne chair and pumped her fist. A look of hope crossed her face. Pearson had the phone on speaker so all could hear. Good morning, the voice at the other end said. K-I-O-T, your number one station for Merry Christmas music 24 hours a day. Jockey answered the phone, and Pearson recognized her voice immediately as Ash Wells. Yes, am I the first caller? Pearson shouted into the phone. Sadly, you are not, Ash Wells answered back. You're the second caller, but please try again. Ash sounded genuinely sad for Pearson, who put his head down dejectedly. Ugh, we didn't win. I I thought for sure we would win today, Penelope said sadly. Oh, I thought the same. Daddy Peters agreed, but you can try again tomorrow, the Lord willing. Daddy Peters' tone was encouraging, and he didn't let on that he too was disappointed. Stink! Oh well, I hope we win tomorrow. Pearson turned the knob to off on the radio. How about we pray about it? Penelope asked. Sure, Pen, let's pray. And then Daddy Peters prayed. Lord God, we're so thankful that you are the giver of all good things. You're kind and generous, and you love us. We ask that if it would be your will, you would allow these children to be winners tomorrow on the radio program. No matter what, though, we ask you that we will be content with whatever the outcome is. We love you, God. Amen. Daddy Peters concluded his prayer and signaled for everyone to head down to breakfast where Mama Peters was cooking up a Christmas break dinner. Good morning, everyone. Happy first day of Christmas vacation. Mama Peters stopped to hug each one of her children. Good morning, Mama Peters. What a yummy-smelling breakfast, Penelope said. Daddy Peters bent down to kiss Mama Peters. Good morning, Mama Peters. I can't wait to eat. I'm starved. Well, I'm planning to have a special breakfast every day of Christmas vacation, Mama Peters responded. Today, bacon, eggs, and cinnamon rolls. Mama Peters placed the platters on the table, setting out the Christmas plates with each child's name on it. Penelope's had a glittering Christmas tree with a ribbon border. Pearson's had a festive rocking horse sitting on a hill of snow. A snowman and snowflakes falling all around him embellished Patience's plate. Priscilla's plate pictured an ornate Christmas village scene detailed in vibrant hues. 
By Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, the Peters went all out into decorating for Christmas, a favorite family tradition. They set up the tree, the stockings, the lights on the house, and various advent calendars, nativity scenes, and odds and ends of Christmas decor. The merriment of the Christmas season always commenced in the Peters' home the moment Thanksgiving ended, and the entire family loved every nuanced reminder that Christmas was coming. So, Penn, Pierce, you've been trying to win the contest every day for ten days. How do you feel about it? Mama Peters asked as she helped the twins eat their cinnamon rolls without a massive sticky mess. I love it. I think we're going to win one of these days. I, I, I think so. Maybe tomorrow, Penelope answered, and then paused long enough to take a big bite of her cinnamon roll. Well, hope springs eternal, Daddy Peters laughed. <laughs> then he too stopped talking to take a big bite of a cinnamon roll. After Daddy Peters finished the last morsel of his roll, he hugged each member of his family, kissed Mama Peters goodbye, and headed off to work. A short time later, Todd Hicks rang the doorbell. Mrs. Hicks and her children Todd and their twins Bear and Ruthie loved spending as much of their downtime from schooling with the Peters, and today was very special, for this was Christmas cookie-making day, a dry run for the Christmas cookie party that the Peters would host in the coming days. In his usual high-spirited manner, Todd greeted his friends. Yo! Happy Christmas cookie day, dude and dudettes! Let's get after it! Hey, Todd, I think we're ready to go, Pearson said, having just cleaned up the kitchen. It sure smells festive in here, Mrs. Hicks noted. Oh, I just made cinnamon rolls. Would you like one? Mama Peters asked. Um, I hate to say this, Mama Peters, but I'm not smelling cinnamon rolls. Nah, this ain't it, Chief. There's a stank in here. Todd laughed with his usual cackle. <laughs> he glanced down at his siblings, Bear and Ruthie, who were sitting quietly in their rockers. And I'm looking at some cute Twinkies that are major sus. As always, Pearson and Penelope were a captive audience for Todd, and they couldn't get enough of his lingo. They were constantly entertained by it. Sus? Penelope queried. You mean as in S-U-S? Oh, you mean suspects. It had dawned on Penelope what Todd had meant by S-U-S. You got that right, Nellie. Ma, you smelling what I'm smelling? Mrs. Hicks nodded and quickly bent down to check the twins' diapers. The horrible stench was emanating from Ruthie. I'd be happy to change Ruthie for you, Mrs. Hicks, Penelope offered sweetly. Oh, I don't want you to have to do that, Mrs. Hicks responded. I'm happy to help, Mrs. Hicks. And with that, she gathered Ruthie from her rocker, retrieved a diaper from the diaper bag, and carried Ruthie upstairs. As they watched as Penelope climbed the stairs with Ruthie, Mrs. Hicks mused, Penelope sure does have a servant's heart. She really does, and we thank the Lord for her constant desire to help others, Mama Peters acknowledged. Hey, Piers, dude, you been calling into KIOT for the Bronzyland tickets? Todd wanted to know. Are you kidding? We haven't stopped. It would be so awesome to win. So Daddy Peters prayed this morning that if it's God's will, we could win. Yeah, I kind of want to call, but I've been sleeping in. Like, literally sleeping. I can't get my peepers to open before seven, y'alls. Pearson laughed at his friend's description. <laughs> Penelope, who was descending the stairs with a freshly diapered Ruthie, had heard the last bit of the conversation. Oh, Todd, you should do it. It's totally worth getting up for. What if you actually won? Ah, uh, I don't know, Pen. I mean, Bronzy Land is, is totally dope and all, 
but I really need my, I really need my beauty rest. Pearson and Penelope could not get enough of their hilarious friend. Well, anyway, I guess I'm glad you're not trying, because I would feel sad if we won and you didn't, Penelope answered. Ah, Nell, you wouldn't have to feel bad. I I wouldn't want that. So I guess it's for sure that I'm deaf not going to win. I mean, I wouldn't want anyone to feel bad. Plus, like I said, I'm too busy sleeping in. And with that, Todd's familiar cackle filled the air. (laughs) When everyone had settled down, Mama Peters got out the cookie cutters. And everyone but Bear and Ruthie, who watched from their rockers, began cutting out the cookie dough with all manner of cookie cutters like Christmas trees, candy canes, snowflakes, and snowmen. Then they gently placed the unbaked shapes on the cookie trays so Mama Peters could pop them in the oven to bake. Mama Peters baked each tray, one at a time. When they were finished, Mama Peters made the frosting using butter, fat, powdered sugar, vanilla, and milk. She dyed the frosting various colors, and they were all off to the races, making beautiful cookies with sprinkles and different designs. It turned out to be a great day, full of laughter, fun, good conversation, and listening to Christmas music about their blessed Savior. After eating lunch together, the Hicks departed for home. The following morning found Penelope, Pearson, Patience, and Priscilla in their usual spot by the radio. They all listened intently and waited for the hymn to play. As they waited, the Christmas song I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas played through the speaker. Patience and Priscilla swayed to the rhythm. They were so sweet with their chubby hands in the air waving about. I sure hope today is the day, Penelope said to Pearson, who had the phone in his hand, the numbers dialed, hoping that they would be the first callers this time to hear the hymn. Oh, so do I, Pearson responded. Wouldn't it be so much fun? And how? I can practically practically smell the churros and hear the screams of the amazing um, amazing coaster. Oh, Pearson, it would be like the the best Christmas season ever if we won. Well, Pen, you don't have to tell me twice. I'm thinking about the cool Christmas decorations in the park. They're always so perfect. I don't think I've ever seen so many lights in all my life. Oh, I know. I love walking down Main Boulevard with all the lights and, and, oh, but I, I guess if we, if we didn't win though, it's real nice that we've already been there so many times. That's true, Pearson agreed. We've already gone to Bronzing Line like five times in our lives. So, so I'm thankful for that because many people have never gone. I totally agree, Pearson. And yeah, it's sad. Well, I don't think those people are sad. They don't know what they're missing. Pearson countered. I guess that's true, Pearson. I I just don't know how anyone wouldn't just love Bronzyland. Daddy Peters, who had just walked into the room, somewhat disagreed with Penelope's assessment. Actually, I know a lot of people who don't care for the busyness of the park and roller coasters, so I don't think that's unusual. It's definitely fun for most people, but I also can't help but think how much better heaven is than Bronzyland. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I hope we win, and Bronzyland is so great. Pearson interrupted Daddy's train of thought with a question. You think heaven will have roller coasters, Daddy Peters? Just then, I'll be home for Christmas began to play. I don't know about that, Piers, but I know that in heaven, any fun and happiness that we experience on earth will have been nothing by comparison. It's so hard to even imagine heaven, Daddy Peters. I mean, I do love Bronzyland so very much. I know that heaven will be so much better, but it's hard for me to imagine anything better. I understand, Pen, and that's okay, darling. The idea of heaven grows sweeter with age. Life is a gift, but it can be bitter at times. And when you're young, you really don't understand anything about the bitter pill that is life. But you will, 
and you'll begin to feel a greater desire for heaven the more you live in this fallen world. But don't worry about it. For now, live by faith. Know that heaven is awesome and eternal and blissful. Trust God to fill in the rest for you. Daddy Peters' voice broke with emotion. I get it, Daddy Peters. I do trust God, and I and I know that heaven is better. And sometimes it helps me to remember how fun it is at Bronzyland for me to remember that I'll love heaven even more than that. As Penelope finished speaking, her ears perked up, as did Pearson's. The familiar notes to I Need Thee Every Hour flowed from the radio speakers. Without wasting any time at all, Pearson immediately pressed talk. Since the phone was on speaker, everyone heard it ringing. It's ringing, Pearson said, stating the obvious. Everyone in the room was so excited, but they disciplined themselves to keep quiet so they could hear whether or not they had won. Suddenly, the ringing stopped. Good morning. This is KIOT, your number one station for Merry Christmas music 24 hours a day. Ash Wells' voice was unmistakable. Am I the number one caller? Pearson asked, hoping against hope to hear the magic answer. His heart was racing within his chest. You are the number one caller. Ash Wells' voice was filled with excitement. After hearing sounds of praise the Lord, yippee, hooray, Mama Peters came rushing upstairs to see what the commotion was all about. But it didn't take her long to figure out what had happened. We won, we won, we won, Pearson shouted. Mama Peters immediately joined in with the cheering. Ash Wells was still on the line, waiting patiently. After composing himself, Pearson gave her Daddy Peters' name and all pertinent information. Ash Wells assured Pearson that the tickets would be available for pickup at the radio station the next day. After he hung up, the entire house was in an uproar. Adrenaline was pumping, and it took several minutes for everyone to stop jumping up and down before Mama Peters was able to get a word in edgewise. When are the hotel reservations and tickets good for? Next weekend! Pearson and Penelope shouted in unison. They were practically beside themselves as euphoria swept over them. Bronzyland looked to be a dream come true, and they could hardly wait for next weekend to get here. This is Grandmom's Corner. You likely have gotten weary of me telling you that many of the Peters family stories are based on true life stories. But this week is another example of a real experience. In the Bay Area, where most of my family lives, there is a radio station which plays Christmas music all day, every day, from shortly before Thanksgiving to midnight on Christmas Day. The radio station often holds contests wherein callers call as soon as they hear a certain song, and one of the prizes is four tickets to a well-known theme park in Southern California. About three years ago or so, some of my kids wanted to go to the theme park together, so they began trying to win tickets. I even joined in on the fun by using about three phones at one time to call. I had exactly zero interest in going to the theme park, but I wanted to win and give the tickets to my kids. Since the park entry fees are exorbitant, even one ticket would help offset the costs. So I began to pray that if God would will, I would win. My kids have busy lives with lots of kids, so sometimes, even though we would text the family text when the contest was beginning each day, they would forget to call. However, I called every chance I got. With my husband cheering me on, I would hit the redial button for the radio station repeatedly. Most times, I would get a busy signal. Sometimes it would ring, but after ringing over and over, it would disconnect. Until one day, the radio station jockey 
answered the phone, and I learned I'd won. I could barely keep from screaming. I was thrilled to turn the tickets over to my kids, and they all visited the park later that year together. Now, it might seem strange to pray for tickets, and to some, it may seem like such a trivial thing to bother a holy, awesome God about, but He delights to give us good things and to hear our prayers. Certainly, a lot of times God doesn't answer the prayer in the way we ask, but as Daddy Peters noted, whatever happens is part of God's sovereign plan for our lives. When we pray, we should pray with God's will in mind, but oftentimes we don't exactly know what God's will is, so we pray and ask Him to hear us and answer, but no is an answer too. So when God doesn't give us what we want, we must remember that He always, always wants what is best for us. Matthew 7:11 says this about God's pleasure in bestowing blessings on us. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask Him? In other words, just like your parents who are sinful love to give good gifts to you, how much more does our perfect, loving God delight to bless your life? First, in the most important way, by dying on the cross and offering His free gift of salvation to those who believe. But secondly, He also loves to give us temporal gifts like cars and like a home or motorcycles and toys and even theme park tickets. The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with part two of this week's story. Bye for now.